everybody welcome back to another episode of inside the fitness genie's lamp really need to figure out an intro or something so it's not as crazy as that every single time <laughs> um one of the things oh my god my phone is just blowing up um how do i turn this on silent there we go fantastic so one of the things i'm going to talk about today or perhaps the only thing i'm going to be talking about today is why i am so biased on self-development and investing in self-development i know obviously whenever someone wants to sign up to a transformation program or any sort of program and i say here's the cost and they go wow that's a lot of money yeah it is because a you're worth it b it gets fucking results c it works after the program and d there is no better investment than you can make than in yourself you will always get returns on an investment that is on yourself if you decide to take action on it, same as fucking everything. Like it's going to be one of those things of, you know, it's going to be the exact same as weight loss for nutrition, for workouts, for quite literally anything that you do. It's going to be the situation of you always get out what you put in, maybe even more when it comes to self-development. But one of the things I wanted to talk about, because it has been the absolute fucking catchphrase of today's coaching calls is I've spent around $60,000 on personal development, self-help, all that sort of stuff. Psychiatry uh, as well gets factored, factored into this. $20,000 on a business coach, which was my first ever investment, which I'll talk about that today because I, I have a lot more new followers. So I'll tell you all about that. Um, as well as then two lots of $6,000 worth of coaching and then a whole bunch of other mini courses ranging from 500, 800, 1200, 1800, 2500, these little things every now and then that have just been about, if I can pay $2,000 to gain a piece of information that I can use for the rest of my life, best fucking investment ever. Which is why when people go, I don't know how to sustain weight loss and they've been paying $800 for a six week boot camp, or $200 here and then 400 over here and they keep doing the same low end typical sort of cookie cutter shit and repeating the exact same processes and yet they're exactly where they are five years ago it's because they're not fucking learning anything they're not learning anything outside of the environment that they have paid to enter so when you pay for an environment you get exactly that you get the environment you get a bunch of people to work out with you get coaches that are going to slap your ass and high five you and tell you yeah you're the best keep going awesome but as soon as you're not paying them what happens then you lose motivation, most likely. This is all general rule of thumb, of course. You lose motivation. You don't want to work out. You're worried if your form is correct because there's no one there watching you. You don't exactly know how to track calories and macros or what to do with your calories and macros when you hit a plateau because you've just been following a meal plan the whole time. You haven't learned anything. There's no new skill set there. The biggest skill set that a lot of people get from those, suppose, box gyms is... You learnt how to completely exhaust yourself physically for short periods of time. When I ask someone, do you believe your how you lose weight? Because everybody knows how to lose weight. It's one of the simplest things in the fucking world. Where I make all of my money and how I have impacted so many lives over the years has been teaching people how to keep the weight off because that is the biggest struggle that people have. Almost every single person that has set out to lose weight has been successful. 
but how many people have you think have been successful keeping it off? A fucking high number of my clients because that's what they pay for. They pay for a skill set. They pay to invest into themselves. They pay to learn how to make me and other personal trainers and health coaches and everything else redundant. Because if you can take care of yourself, how much money is that going to save you in the long run? How much time is that going to save you in the long run? And I'm not just talking about hiring personal trainers or health coaches to make sure that you're staying on board because hell, every now and then I continue to pay uh, workout programs to keep me accountable. There's no one there actually watching me doing it, but I feel like, hey, I'm paying for this thing. I need to get it done. So I pay for accountability, but it's a very low end cost because it doesn't take a lot for someone to schedule a workout for me and then say, here you go, this is what you're doing this week. That's why mine is like 250 every four weeks. It's very low end because it's, it takes me about maybe 20, half an hour a day, half an hour a day, 20 minutes to half an hour a week. Getting someone's email or messages and saying, hey, how did it go this week? Da, 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 da. Awesome. Let's do this for your workouts this week. A little bit more time intensive for nutrition. Bundle them together. Yeah, it's pretty time intensive. Bundle them together with a coaching call that goes for an hour. Yeah, it's going to be more time intensive. But then again, heard this quote, which I'm going to butcher because I always love butchering quotes because I never write them down. I just go off my memory when it comes back to me. Itchy nose. There was a mechanic who spent half an hour under a car. No, it's not. I've already butchered it. <laughs> there was an engineer. And I saw this on Reddit. There was an engineer who got called in after all these other engineers had failed to fix this particular problem. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with this machine or what was going on or how to fix it. Then they called in this engineer who was apparently top of the line. Charged them a lot of money, about $10,000. He was there for five minutes and he fixed the, the problem that it was. Walked up to a machine, investigated it, did whatever he did, looked over it and knew, knew what was going on. And apparently, according to legend, he hit it with a wrench and it started working again. He charged them $10,000. And they said, that is absolutely absurd. There is no way that we are paying $10,000. Can you please send us an itemized receipt for what you believe $10,000 worth is? He charged them $1 for hitting the machine with a wrench. He charged them $9,999 for, quote, knowing where to hit the machine with the wrench, end quote, $10,000. They'd paid all these other engineers to come in and spend hours and hours and hours on this project and they paid them and they still couldn't figure it out. This guy came in five minutes, knew exactly what the problem was, hit it with a wrench, charged him $10,000 and they said that's not worth it. But the problem was fixed. How much money do you reckon they saved on hiring other engineers that were going to fail at what this thing had to get fixed? So then the question becomes... Would you rather pay for elite service for less time or waste your time and money trying to find the cheapest option and doing shit that you've already done? Because they hired an engineer that failed. They hired another engineer that failed. And they hired another and another and another. And then they eventually said, screw it. We're going to go top tier. We're going to get this engineer to fix the problem and make sure it's fixed. Did it in five minutes. So you're not paying me or any other coach or any other service provider or anything else that you were going to consider personal investment. You're not paying them for the time. 
You're paying them for the result. You're paying them for the years of experience that they have within them to give to you to fix a problem that you've been struggling with for years. Because I can jump on the phone with someone in 20 minutes. I can say, that doesn't sound like that's your problem at all. It sounds like here's your problem. They go, holy shit. I've never looked at it like that. It's like, yeah. Well, I've had literally hundreds of clients that have gone through similar issues. And particularly when you say all these things in a row, I am looking for inconsistencies in your thought patterns and your words and what you're saying. That's why I let you rant for 15 minutes and then I come in with 30 seconds of knowledge and say, hey, I believe this is going to be your biggest problem because you said this at the start of the call and yet you just finished this sentence with this, which immediately contradicts what you've just said. So is that the goal that you really want or do you feel like it's going to be something deeper or something else that we should work on? Oh my God, holy shit. So you're not paying for time, you're paying for results. And that's one of the things that I always get across to my clients, which is how much better off are you going to feel once you finish this program, once you do this, once you do that? If I could, in an ideal world, help you get rid of fucking anything regarding workouts, nutrition, mindset, self-worth, confidence, anxiety, anything like that, fucking PT mentorship, whatever it is, if I can help you in an ideal world and achieve that thing, what would it be? Uh, probably like learn to keep my weight off. Awesome. Here's a hundred people that have done the same fucking thing. Same problem area that you are in. If I can help you do that and keep the weight off, what do you think is going to happen to the rest of your life? How is that going to benefit the rest of your life? And then they go on explaining how it would benefit the rest of their life. And I go fucking fantastic. If you didn't achieve those things and you kept doing what you're doing, searching for the cheapest option and doing exactly what you're doing, do you think you're going to be in a different place where you are now in five years? And the answer is always, oh, maybe, you know, if I, and they try and negotiate themselves into, well, this time will be different. It's like going back to a fucking toxic ex. You know damn well that it's not going to work out, but hey, you need some dick. So you're going to go back to it because, oh yeah, cool. Why not? Maybe this time will be different. Maybe on a fucking hope and a prayer and a shooting star and that the moon is actually red, something will be different because I hope it will be different. No, we don't need hope. We need action. We need something that is actually tangible that we can control. We can't control hope. We can't control the end result that is going to come from hope. That is just leaving it up to the universe. And sometimes it pays off. Most of the time, 99% of the time, it does not. Because usually when people hope for something, they usually follow it up with a lot of action to make sure that that thing happens, even if they recognize it or not. Typically how the law of attraction works. So... So, Tanil has brought it to my attention that I say so a lot and now it's in my head whenever I go so in order to transition a sentence and it does my fucking head in. <laughs> so, I'm trying to get better at that. But anyway, why am I so biased on personal development? I just gave you a reason right there. Two, it quite literally saved my life. Long story short. I've been homeless, I've been suicidal, I have lost heaps of jobs due to mental health issues, anxiety and depression specifically, um, and all those fun things, all the things that come with that. Anything you could think about that is going to be awesome. Slept in the back of my 2000 Toyota Camry uh, outside of the uh, gridiron changing rooms where I played at the time because they had showers and it was a hell of a lot of fun. Slept there because we were doing training camp. It all worked out pretty damn well in the end, I'd say. But doing all that shit gave me a lot of perspective over being grateful for the small things in life. 
having a car, having a sleeping bag, having somewhere to shower. May not have been an actual house roof that was over my head, but I had a car roof over my head. So doing these things and being dirt fucking broke and trying to look for work, but nobody wants to hire when you can't exactly fill out a resume with your, you know, postal address because you don't have one. So thankfully that was only for about two months, but my 20th birthday? It was my 20th birthday. Anyway, anywho, once I had tried all the other jobs, so I initially started personal training when I was 19 or 20, I can't even remember, and tried that, had a mental breakdown, sucked at it, couldn't do it, couldn't figure out how to make money, how to keep clients, how to do all that fun stuff. Uh, had that mental breakdown, left for about six months, and then decided, you know what, I'm going to give it another go, I need money, I need to start working, I'm feeling pretty healthy that I can actually start doing that again. Went back, did personal training for a second time, and still couldn't make it still couldn't charge enough, still couldn't keep the clients, still couldn't do anything that was of value to the community or my bank account or to my partner. Had another mental breakdown, lost that business as well. Then I was like, cool, I know what I can do. I am extremely fucking personable. Gonna go into real estate. And I had a client who was the assistant for this massive regional director of a company. Can't say it. Uh, but went there, got into real estate, loved it for the first month, then hated it. Went into maintenance work, handyman work, hated that as well. Too slow. Too slow for me. People that knew how to keep their jobs by working slow. Did my fucking head in. Then I went back to managing a pizza shop. Then I did all these other fucking little jobs in between of trying to figure out what I wanted from life. The question I kept coming back to was, when was I most happy? That was what I was asking. It wasn't about the money because I knew that I was going to get hired somewhere because I was just, I was fucking amazing in interviews. Whether most of what I was saying in the interview was true was another question, but I was good in interviews and I was really good at getting hired because that was just who I am. I can, I can talk my way into or out of fucking anywhere. But when was I most happy? Being a personal trainer. So I said, cool. And this was when I was highly depressed and suicidal. And I was like, cool, if I, I'm going to give it one more shot at being a personal trainer, if I don't make it, I'm just going to cease to exist. I'm going to make sure that I cease to exist because I have nothing of value to give to anyone else in the world. So I said, cool. Once I had made that deal with myself, failing was not an option. It just wasn't. And particularly when you failed two of those attempts, you understand the reality of the situation. So being successful at personal training was not like failing was not an option. I had to make it. So then it was like, cool, make $300 a week. Awesome. Make $400 a week. Fantastic. Make $500 a week. Fuck. I'm rolling in it. And it was just going up by a hundred dollars, you know, every, every month or every three months or something like that. Then I hit that sort of plateau at around about $800 a week. And whatever it was, I had a lot of expenses at the time as well. I'd saved up around about $2,000 in my savings account. And I was like, right, I have, this is the most money I've ever had in my life, $2,000. That was my safety net. Then I looked at $2,000, I said, that's not a lot of money. That is nothing, realistically. 
if you got $2,000, you'd be like, yeah, sweet, got $2,000. And it would be gone in 10 days. Rent, bills, mortgage, whatever the fuck else that there is. And I looked at that money and I was like, I've worked this hard for this amount of money and it does fuck all for me. I need to do something else. I need to do something better because I knew that $800 a week doing fucking 40, 50, 60 hours at the gym for like, you know, not completely booked out, but doing those insane hours and not being able to be there for my partner and then eventual kids. And then all these other things that came into my head about what am I going to do for the future? It wasn't good enough. So I reached out to a whole bunch of businesses, ended up picking this one, which I'm going to omit the name because fucking anyway, uh, $20,000. And I went, cool. Got on the phone with them. They ran me through this like sales pitch and this and that and whatever. And what do you want from business and whatever. And they said, it's $20,000 plus GST for 12 months of coaching. And I went, oh yeah, that's pretty good. So if I do that, I can have a six figure business. Hmm. If I put in the work, well, I'm going to put in the work. And then when I got in, the thing that they would drill into my head was fewer than 1% of personal trainers and coaches and all that stay in business for longer than five years or are successful enough to make a profit to actually live off their business as opposed to working insane hours to just let the business run. And I was like, well, that sounds fucking awful as well. I don't want to have a business where I'm not making profit, where I'm essentially working to keep the business afloat that doesn't pay me. It's a fucking expensive hobby. So... I was like, right, I'm going to do it. $2,000 was my deposit. That was also my safety net, which was all the money that I worked up for. Gave it to them as a 10% deposit. Awesome. You start next week. Fantastic. Got into their Facebook group, got onto all their like webinars and coaching calls. And this is how you set this up. And this is what you do. And spent almost, I spent Saturday and Sunday, 12 hours a day, setting up all the processes for it. I fucking blitz through that thing. And funny thing is six months into the, well, four months into the program, I hadn't made a single sale. Didn't see a single return on $20,000. And I was like, holy fuck, this is not working. Then as it turns out, the coach, the owner of the company was a complete fuckwit. He had really no idea what he was doing. He scaled too quickly because his ego was letting him carry him through a lot of stuff. Um, he, I learned a lot from him on how not to run a business for, from the client experience in terms of getting money. Yeah. He's pretty good at getting money, but in terms of taking care of clients and making sure that they're looked after and they feel okay and comfortable and all this other stuff about sustainable business practice without actually tarnishing your name so bad that you have to fucking change it and move countries. Uh, I learned a lot from him. Would I change anything from the investment that I did? Absolutely not. It is still the best decision that I ever made because what it did was this giant, big, scary step of investing $20,000 as my first ever thing was everything from there became easy. Invest $6,000 into this coach. Yep. Cool. What about 6,000 again? Yep. Cool. And now I'm paying a thousand dollars a month for my coach to essentially have a call with me every week and say, how's things going? Let's do this for business. Let's do this. Let's do that. And wouldn't change it for the fucking world. Unless I had zero money coming in then bit different, but 
I'm so biased towards invest, like personal development, self-investment, whatever you want to call it. Because if I hadn't have done that and taken a giant leap of faith, I would, I've spent $60,000. So the thing I said on the call today was, if you'd have told me four or five years ago, if I'd have spent $60,000 on self-development, I wouldn't get any materialistic thing out of it, but I would be where I am, extremely happy with who I am, what I do, who I help, how I do it, my business practices, everything that I stand for, my part, my partner, the fucking house that we're in, everything like that. If you'd have shown me that dream lifestyle I could have been living and paid $60,000 for it, 100% I would have fucking done it every single day of the week. And then I said to someone, people love holding on to their money because it's like their safety net. And a lot of people act out of fear, disguised as practicality, as Jim Carrey would say. But everyone goes, how is this going to inconvenience me in the short term? How is this going to, it's a lot of out of money. It's a lot of out of money. Wow. <laughs> it's a lot of out of, it's a lot of money for out of pocket cost in the short term. Yeah. I'm going to be out five, 10, $20,000. That sucks. Okay. What are you going to learn from this program? What are you going to learn from this investment? What are you, how are you going to show up? Who are you going to become? Everything that is about your life in the future and business and money and houses and cars and kids and partners and whatever. None of that really matters in regards to money. It helps if you have it because money alleviates a lot of stress in terms of school uniforms and books and, you know, general cost of living. But one thing I've quickly learned is that chasing money or protecting money is one of the easiest ways to compound yourself into overwhelm and stress. If you have enough to get by, you don't need savings. You have everything that you could ever need. Family health, your health, your skill set, your knowledge, your everything that you need to live and show up as the best version of yourself. Because then that allows your partner to do the exact same thing. That allows your kids to do the exact same thing. Your brother, your sister, your fucking, your mum, your aunt, your dad, every, everyone that comes into contact with you, work colleagues. You're going to show up as the best version of yourself because you are. And not a single fucking person is going to say, how much money do they have in the bank? Unless, of course, you are a business mentor and people say, how much money do you have or how much money do you generate? What's your fucking resume of money making, essentially? Um, but in terms of weight loss and self-development, I took out a loan at 30% and put my $10,000 car up as collateral in order to get approved for $20,000 because I did not have $20,000. That's how I paid it off. 2000 as a deposit, which was all the money I had. Then I put my car up as collateral and accepted a loan at around $68 a week for seven years at 30% interest. I ended up paying it off in 12 months. And the funny thing about that is I paid it off between, I didn't make a single sale while in that program. Then I did whatever the fuck I wanted to do for business, which made me a lot happier and charging an amount that I thought I was worth at the time. Between month six and 12, well, month six and 14, I think, I had paid it off in full. So it's not the fact that the program 
didn't work for me because realistically it didn't. But what did I learn from that program that I'm still using today? Five years ago or four years ago, however fucking long it was ago that I invested into myself and took the leap of faith and it led me to where I am today helping every single person that is listening to this podcast and helping every single person that comes into me or Instagram DMs or looks at my content or consumes any sort of value information that I have out there on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, primarily Instagram, TikTok. So why I'm so fucking biased towards this is because material things that people often save up for deteriorate over time and don't bring any extra value to people's lives. Them being fucking happy in who they are, their behaviors and habits and responses and everything that they espouse as a fucking person and who they identify as that's where they become happy that's how they do it that's how they're so fucking successful at life but one of the things that is beyond crazy is that people don't see that people see the materialistic thing that they need and want and they say well i don't want to be uncomfortable short term so then they end up sacrificing the long term you have to give up one or the other and a lot of people sacrifice their long-term because they go, yeah, short-term, I'd rather have $5,000, $10,000, in my bank account. If you've saved up that money before, you can do it again, quite fucking simply. You've done it before, you can do it again. But I would not be the coach I am today and speaking as fluently as I am now and as fucking passionate as I am about doing what I'm doing if I had not have invested all of that fucking money into myself and become the coach and the person that I am today, not by a fucking mile. That's why I believe that self-development is the best thing that you will ever fucking do. And that if you put up $10,000, $20,000 across however long of coaching duration that gets you, $5,000, I don't fucking care, whatever you have. Do what I did, put up a, put up a deposit, and then figure out how to pay it off. People do it for cars all the time, but they won't do it for themselves, and yet a car deteriorates faster than a human being. There are bigger priorities on your list that are going to benefit your life a lot bigger than what a lot of people see in the short term, and you just need to figure out what that's gonna be for you. But if there is something out there that you want that is going to benefit your life long term, and it requires you to give up short term, do it. 100% do it because the long term is always going to be the thing that continues to pay off again and again and again, regardless of if it's one year from now, or five years from now, or 10 years from now, or whatever it is. People will often put up the 60,000 that I've put into my skill set and knowledge and helping the amount of people that I have, which has inherently gotten me a lot more money than $60,000. They will put that into a car before they put them into themselves. And I'm fucking happy with a car as long as it has fucking wheels, gas tank, steering wheel, engine. Gets me from A to B. That's all I care about. Anywho, I hope you all learned something from that. But anything that you want in this life is possible as long as you're willing to do a short-term sacrifice for it and succeed in the long-term. But a lot of people don't have that vision to do that. So I implore you to look at your long-term vision, figure out what it is, figure out how to make it work, and then just go fucking do it. Do things that you want to make sure that you don't regret when you're on your deathbed. Because that is one of the fucking scariest things for me. I wish I could have done that when I was younger. And as I say to all my clients, if it doesn't scare the shit out of you, it's probably not worth it. If it does scare the shit out of you, you know you're on the right path.